this is the beginning. This is the first song that the Lord gave me, which is the one that is called Victim Soul, which is the first call that the Lord did to us. And it's, ju it's just the words of a lover to, to his loved one, asking her, him, to completely give herself the same way that he has done it. So it's a complete giving it to one, to another, from a lover that is the perfect lover, which is God. Um, I will give you the words, I promise you, in, 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 in Spanish, but I really destroyed the song when I started trying to explain it in my own words. <laughs> So bear with me, and I promise by tonight you'll have the words translated of all the songs that I've seen. Vestida en su pureza 
Jesus, our beloved, your little victims of love, we consecrate this second reflection, repentance, and divine mercy seeks priest to your sacred heart through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to come to infuse into our hearts the mission, the thirst of our Lord. Amen. Amen. These next reflections is the voice of the Lord speaking to each of us. <clears throat> like I told you before, I think Sheila had mentioned it when we first heard that this was a year of mercy. I took the time to do a search through the years of my journal, putting together the words that the Lord has been speaking through the years on mercy. And I think we're going to discover as we move through these reflections something very profound in which our hearts need to be humble. I think um, I'm going to be very honest with each of you. In order to truly be in this community is a discernment that you need to have and something in your heart is that the words that the Lord has spoken to us become your words. The Lord has spoken these words in my heart, has given to me, placed in my heart, a thirst, his mission for these times in the Church of Salvation history, in this end time of mercy. Our, our mission is very rooted as a gift of divine mercy. I am just a vessel of the Lord to bring you the, the, the mission, my responsibilities to have the courage 
to speak his words publicly, especially to this community. But the words are not meant just for me. They're meant for many. And they're meant for each of you. So you need to read them and you need to find the voice of the Lord speaking personally to you to truly be, you know, is this mission being spoken to me? Is the Holy Spirit revealing that to me, that this is my mission also? And that's very important for, for, for this community because that's our responsibility. So I would like to begin with repentance. The Lord says, Repentance from the heart is the lever that opens wide the damn doors of my mercy. And that's so significant. And you can see why in the simple path to union that the Lord has given us, why it begins asking for the gift of the Holy Spirit of self-knowledge. Because without self-knowledge, there is no repentance. And without repentance, we cannot, our hearts are not open to receive the gift of God's mercy. I will let you on your own, the first words of the Lord, read it after the first sentence, which I read on your own. So that we have time to, to finish this reflection, I'm going to go on. In the path, this is from our path 2A, the next section, it says, The planks of pride, self-love, vanity, and sins of all kinds are revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. It is here at my feet, through the gift of repentance, that you begin to see. Grace builds upon grace, but also each grace removes a veil that keeps the eyes of your soul from seeing the glory of God before you and the darkness that keeps you from hearing the whisper of God within you. And this is so beautiful because the Lord is telling us that in His infinite mercy, He wants such an intimate union with each of us that He wants a communion of souls where He not only hears us, but we hear Him and we can perceive Him in the depth of our hearts. But sin... In our own darkness, the Lord is showing us, is a barrier that keeps us from entering this communion with the Lord. So how much divine mercy wants to pierce through our darkness for one reason, to transform us and to bring us into a perfect union with the love of the Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
In the section of the path 4A, I put everything for you where it is. It says, we began the path by kissing Jesus' feet. Our hearts began to open and become vulnerable. How important the word vulnerable is for our community. That is a key word of our community. Vulnerability. It brought us to knowledge of God and self and the gold of precious repentance so that we could receive mercy. It was the beginning of the path of intimacy with Christ. Now that we are in the heart of Jesus, we are taken to his feet again. But this time, the Lord wants to crucify our feet with his. We no longer walk according to our self-will, nor our desires, which are rooted in our ego. Christ now crucifies us to his divine will. So it is a continuous process of going deeper, of repentance, of knowledge, to enter into this union. Also in our path in chapter 8, B2, we have some words from Our Lady of Kebojo. And if you just see two of the main things, I'll skip through it and you can read it, but it says, one of hers was an urgent repeal to the repentance and conversion of hearts. And Our Lady says, repent, repent, repent. Isn't that the message of Mejigori also, and of our Blessed Mother for so many years, appearing in so many different places? The call of our Blessed Mother to conversion, to repentance. Without repentance, the doors of our heart are closed to receive mercy. St. Faustina writes in her diary, 852. Look at how beautiful St. Faustina lived wrapped in self-knowledge. She writes, Today the Lord's gaze shot through me suddenly like lightning. At once I came to know the tiniest specks in my soul and knowing the depths of my misery, I fell to my knees and begged the Lord's pardon, repentance. And with great trust, I immersed myself in his infinite mercy. Such knowledge does not depress me. That's so beautiful. She's not depressed by seeing how miserable she is. Look at what she writes. Nor keep me away from the Lord, but rather it arouses in my soul greater love and boundless trust. The repentance of my heart is linked to love. Underline that. The repentance of my heart is linked to love. These extraordinary flashes from the Lord educate my soul. O sweet rays of God, enlighten me to the most secret depth for I want to arrive at the greatest possible, possible purity of heart and soul. Look at what the prayer of St. Faustina is, like Zilkia taught us. 
enter my Lord into the depth of my soul so that my heart can become the purest it possibly can for you. If we don't receive the gift of knowledge, our hearts remain dirty, impure. She writes, 1052, Oh my Jesus, I beg you on behalf of the whole church, granted love and the light of your spirit, and give power to the words of priests, now look at why she wants to give power to the words of priests. So that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance. Go deep into the prayer of St. Faustina. You see, St. Faustina has entered a profound intimacy of love with Jesus Christ. She knows the heart of her beloved. And there her prayers reflect her deep spiritual awareness, she realizes the ambassador of mercy of the Lord that without repentance, souls cannot receive mercy. So she wants the power of the priesthood to awaken darkened hearts to what? Repentance. What a beautiful prayer. How much that needs to become our prayer. I'm going to go on. <coughs> I want to focus now because I think in this community we all know about our own repentance. We've all been walking through the path. We've all gone to the feet. We all pray for knowledge. So we, we know that. But I think I'd like to go a little deeper with all of you in understanding a mission of repentance for priests that the Lord has given this community. The next few messages are words from the Lord of what he desires from this community regarding priest. These messages are not in our path to union. This is to our community. So it's a treasure that, that you have them now. So the first one. After reading Jeremiah chapter 24, Jesus said, from my mustard seed, the love crucified family, will come forth an abundance of choice rich fruit. My apostles of light, the missionaries of the cross, will perform great miracles and will reveal great and awesome signs during the time of the great persecution. As you read today with St. Peter in the Acts of the Apostles, what had happened was St. Peter had brought a woman back to life. My priests who do not amend their ways will be cast in the fires of Gehenna as bad figs. I said to the Lord, My Lord, you are a God of mercy. How can this be? Jesus said, the time of my mercy is quickly coming to an end. I am now pouring out an abundance of mercy. This was in 2010. Every one of my priests will be given an opportunity to amend their ways. 
We have a huge responsibility given to us by God himself in this community to live our lives as victim souls for priests, for them to be able to receive the gift of repentance themselves before it's too late for them. This is really serious. Go deep into these words from the Lord. The second one, the second message. The Lord again addresses this community. My family of love crucified. When I put LC, the Lord doesn't say LC. I'm sorry. I, I just took it for granted. That's my, <laughs> my writing. The Lord says love crucified. My family of love crucified is called to repair and console my heart. At that moment, Jesus showed me his heart, but it was shredded flesh. It was so shredded, it didn't resemble a heart. I also saw the crown of thorns embedded deeply in his precious head. He said, This condition of my heart has been mainly caused by my own, meaning priest and religious. My daughter, I desire to have an order of priests to console me by living a life transformed into me. They will console me by allowing the Holy Spirit to possess them with his power. They will go out as my first apostles, filled with the Holy Spirit, to awaken the hearts of their brother priests. This is the same call to the lay missionaries of the cross. You are called to awaken the hearts of other souls, of your brothers, <coughs> priest or not. They will preach with the fire of the Holy Spirit, as did St. Stephen. They will preach the truth. They will preach the truth concerning the horrible condition of my priesthood. This is a specific call to the missionary of the cross priest. They have a very particular mission to priest. They will bring to light the darkness hidden deep in the hearts of my chosen ones. And you wonder why we have to pray a lot for our missionaries of the cross? The level of purification our men in this community need is very great. They have to be, especially our missionaries of the cross, healed and purified of all people-pleasing, of enabling, of fear, so that they can speak the truth in the fire of the Holy Spirit. They will preach my love and mercy while there is still time, calling each of them to repentance if they repent I will embrace them and forgive them thus restoring them to health my daughter do not be alarmed if many of them walk away and cover their ears as they did to Saint Stephen I promise you that enough will listen in order to raise up my army of holy priests The next one. 
Jesus said, You are my chosen prophet to bring to light the truth of my son's sins. They are rebellious sons who have gone astray from their father. But look at what the Lord says. I await them with mercy. I await them with mercy. But I promise you that if they, again, look at the message of repentance, how it's tied to mercy, my family. If they do not repent, they will burn for all eternity in the abyss of hell. My family, I am speak. the Lord is speaking here of priest. He is speaking here of priest. This is the mission of love crucified. This is how serious, and you wonder why we get attacked so much? This was the line the Lord was showing me from the book of Lamentations. It says, Your prophets had for you false and specious visions. They did not lay bare your guilt to avert your fate. They beheld for you in vision false and misleading portents. They did not bear your guilt to avert your faith. We, that is why we have to be willing to be in the light. That is why in this community... I have spoken over and over again about the importance of transparency. And after so many years of speaking about transparency, I am in awe of still how difficult that is and so much of how the community has been purified has been because of a lack of transparency. If we with each other cannot be in the light and speak the truth to each other with great love and respect, how are we ever, how are our missionaries ever going to have the courage, the guts, the love, the obedience to speak the light to be in the light outside. One thing about transparency that's very important for us to understand and practical is that accompaniment accompaniment is not a place where you go to vent any criticism against anybody because that precisely would be a lack of transparency. You are called to go directly to the person. So if anybody would come to me in accompaniment and say, uh, Ernie, I don't know, he, the way he looks at me, I think he's angry at me or something. The first thing I would say is, have you talked to Ernie? Well, no, because he's not going to take well. Then don't talk to me about it. Because the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to tell Ernie, and you and Ernie have to look at each other face to face and talk about it and seek for healing. You understand? 
So never go to your accompaniment. Uh, anybody who goes to an accompaniment uh, to speak about somebody else, know that the accompanier is going to go to that person and tell, look, there's an issue here between you and this person. You need to talk in the light to each other. And if, and, and if you don't think that's necessary to do, then repent and be quiet and give it to the Lord and embrace the cross. Because it's, it's not that important then. And then just give it to the Lord and forget it. And keep on loving that person the way they are. Because uh, it's very easy to... And then we say, I have to vent it. I have to, you know, all this stuff. And, and it, But the, the poison stays there and the suspicion and the thing. So you, we have to go straight to the person always. And... Where it says 1 Peter 4.13 He said, the Lord, you are my prophet of light, the light of the Holy Spirit. You have been chosen by the Father to speak my words. I've had to go personally through the process of, of my own purification to get to the point that I can have the courage without being worried about what, how I'm going to be judged um, to, to speak the words of the Lord. That's what he calls me to do. You will speak with your motherly heart with all your tenderness, sweetness, love, humility, the truth of my son's sins. <coughs> with, I have learned that when I speak to priests or even my brothers in the community, my spiritual sons, whoever it is, the Lord has shown me more and more that I have to live in the truth and I have to, with each of them, speak with all the love because my heart is full of love for each of the priest and, and my brothers, but to speak the truth and to bring to light what I am hearing and receiving from them. And this is what I do with, with priests. And, you know, if they're willing to receive it, it's been an amazing grace. But I never do it. We never can speak the truth in a spirit of anger, judgment. It's incomplete. It's incomplete love. It's really it. Complete love. You will call them to repentance and remind them that I am a God of mercy and of justice. And the time of my mercy is coming to an end. Look at the amount of times. The Lord is telling us, the time of my mercy is coming to an end. He again said, my missionary preachers are my green berets. Our missionaries of the cross are our Lord's green berets. And they need very much in order to become that special group of the difficult mission of who they are. Boy, do they need the prayers of the holy women of this community. And the Lord has put us together, men and women together in this community, missionaries of the cross and mothers of the cross, complementing each other, helping each other. Our missionaries of the cross cannot become the Green Berets without the prayers and the life of the mothers of the cross. In order for a family to thrive 
healthy, there needs to be honor and respect for each member and a recognition of the role of each person. That is why the fourth commandment tells us, honor your father and your mother. Because in a family, if the father and the mother are not honored and respected, what do you think is going to happen? You don't tell me what to do, blah, blah, blah. You think that family can thrive, can grow healthy, it will become dysfunctional. It's the same thing in the church. It is the same thing in a nation. It's the same thing in a community. If there is no a respect, an honoring of those who have a responsibility, they cannot carry out that responsibility. And that's why the devil will always try to bring that attitude of, uh, you know, yeah, so, yes, and then every, and every person needs to have a, a serious discernment. Do I believe that I'm in this family, in as much as I am, I owe that honor and respect for those who are responsible. And if there is any, any question, go directly to, the, to those who are, because it's okay for a son to go to a father respectfully and deal with any issue, you know, that they have, but with respect. And uh, a matter of fact, St. Paul is so strong about that that he even, while they were under persecution from the Roman Empire, he called the Christians to honor even the emperor who was, you know, but he understood that there had to be some civil order and respect even for, for a government which is pagan to be able to, to do its, its uh, proper job. So... I think it's a, we understand why the devil will work very hard on creating this attitude of contempt and disrespect and murmuring, uh, especially against uh, those who are responsible of serving. And, and uh, as you might imagine, uh, taking a position of responsibility in a community is a very burdensome and challenging situation, very much. And many things come uh, to us all the time. And so... We need to keep that in, in a, an account too, and pray for, for, for as a, for example, pray for parents, especially you know parents who have children in that are adolescent. You know they need a lot of prayers too, right? So. Something that caught my attention here was to awaken the hearts of their brother priests and. Uh, Having, having lived with hundreds and possibly in a religious community, I've always been amazed and edified by, by the level of just human men in, that usually aspire to the priesthood. They're, they are truly heroic and generous men, but I would say the majority of them, at least the, the experience I had living with them, many of them are still a bit stuck in the unhealed healer. They're pouring out their lives, but they're they're struggling a lot on their own, and they really don't know how to seek to seek help. And so, for me, this community, you know, it it, it can often fall on a deaf ear when someone speaks to a priest and tries to give them knowledge and tries to help priests. They, they're like their nerves are so frayed, 
by the, the hurt that they have, that they're not necessarily able to receive healing or just knowledge, you know, say somebody telling, telling them something. But this is the jewel of this community, which I think the hidden power of your ordinary lives is the, the power that's in those simple words that some like Father Jordy or myself to a fellow legionary brother. It's not our words, really, that's doing the work. It's all the grace behind it that comes through through your your heroic hidden lives. So, you know, to, to awaken the heart of priests, it's not the mission specifically only of the missionaries of the cross, but it's, I think more importantly, the, the mothers of the cross. Mm-hmm. The Lord says, the time of great darkness is quickly approaching the earth. Each of my sons will have to make a decision to be with me or against me, but will not be able to remain in the gray area. They will have to repent of their many sins with tears, and I will cleanse them with my mercy again. Repentance and mercy. They will have to renounce the world with all its passions and embrace poverty. They will live as victims following the pure, unblemished victim lamb. They must humble themselves and come to the foot of the cross next to my mother and kiss my feet. It is the blood that flows from the wound of my feet that will purify their lips so that they will be able to speak with the sword of my word. During the time of the great darkness, they must shine forth my holy presence. During the time of great darkness, the principalities of darkness will snatch all my priests that are not one with me in the abyss of hell. You have been chosen as my prophet for these times to speak my words. It went better for Jeremiah than it will be for you. My missionary preachers will teach the way of the cross to my priest and open their hearts to the Holy Spirit, but you will speak my words. We must, I mean, to be honest with you, <laughs> this is 2010. It's penetrating my heart now. How many years has it been that the Lord spoke this? Six years. It's as if my heart, too, had to be purified of so much darkness so many fears, so many wounds, so that I could get to this point, and I'm still not, but to, to the point to, to be able to absorb this, to believe it, and to have the courage and obedience to the Lord to, to live it. And so what I'm seeing here as I was putting this together for mercy I mean I had to repent because I feel like I haven't 
really responded fully, but I'm seeing here, it's really touched my heart personally, the mission of Love Crucified, of how every day I have to pray so much more for our priest. I mean, for me to have all, all of a sudden in front of my face have put together these messages that some of them have, I had forgotten, and it's looking at me straight in the face and I'm pondering it, and the Lord is saying how many times now? They're in danger of hell. And your prayers are prayers. And sacrifice of life is going to help many of them. What a responsibility. This is our mission. This is what the Lord has chosen. This is why you're here and I'm here. One of the things that... Um rumors, you know, that go around is Love Crucified Community is calling everybody to go to live in this refuge in Georgia because the times that are coming, you know, it's like this big tribulation is coming, so they're all kind of going and gather there. So here we are all together. Has anybody been ever even suggested, even suggested that you have to come and live here? And nobody has ever come here because nobody in the community suggested that they even suggested to come and live here. Okay? So is that clear? Once and for all. Number two, the Lord has never told us anything about dates. And not even has told us anything about specifics of how a tribulation will come. So that's why in my prayer, when I read these things, I call it the Maximilian Colby preparation. If you read the life of Maximilian Colby, he was gifted with this anticipation that Poland was going to enter into a great tribulation. And uh, he called his friars to preparation. He never told them what was going to happen or how. He just said, prepare and be holy and be heroic. When he was picked up from his Neapokalanao, uh, from the, the community, he told them, forget not love. And he went off to the concentration camp, and he was ready. So it's not about saving our skin. It's not about avoiding uh, the, the tribulations physically. It's about being prepared to be heroic and to stand fast with the Lord in the tribulation, whatever it may be. And the tribulation is not something hypothetical to the future. It's already happening now. It's just a matter of degrees. The Holy Father has said, we are already in World War III. If you see what's happening to a good percentage of our uh, Catholic communities are physically being devastated in wars, and another part of the Catholic community is being devastated spiritually, <laughs> like in this country. And you know what is the great temptation for us, the priests? It's just like for you to adapt. Like the frogs in the, in the pan, right? We adapt and, well, you know, we have to live with this. You know, it's okay. What are we going to do? Everybody, you know, and because if we don't adapt, we're going to be persecuted. There are 
already priests in jail, falsely accused, and many priests who have to, um, in order not to get into trouble, adapt to the to the world. So, what we are saying is, we have to be ready. So, in times like we're already living, look at the the signs of the times that we are a hundred percent faithful and be willing to to suffer with the Lord, whatever it takes. That's and that's why the priests often need your prayers, so they're able to to be like Maximilian Kolbe and witness to the truth and be able to take the persecution. And the life of Jesus is an example, what he went through, continuously being harassed, continuously persecuted, and it would have been easy for him to try to compromise with the Pharisees, you know, not to get into trouble with them. So it takes a lot to be able to not compromise with the world. Okay, so. And the last message for this reflection. My daughter, a hardened heart is not able to receive the grace of God. It is not able to see the glory of God revealed before him. I, God incarnate, was in their midst, yet they were blind. My heart was grieved to see the condition of their hearts, for I knew that not even my crucifixion would touch their hearts. My daughter, many are called, but few respond. The act of Mary Magdalene and Peter, in which they come to me with tears of sorrow, is necessary to pierce the hardness of the human heart seeped in sin. My daughter, my heart continues to be grieved at seeing such hardness of hearts within my church. I desire that you awaken the hearts of my sons with tears and supplications as only a mother can. My little one, I do not want you to give a talk. I do not want you to convince them of anything. I want you to call them to repentance and supplicate them to respond to the last outpouring of my mercy for them. My daughter, know and be prepared for great persecution because few will respond. But God, in his infinite mercy, will use the holy remnant to save the multitude. This is very much in line with the first reading of yesterday. I thought it was very beautiful that our retreat began with their speaking of Moses. And Moses goes to the Father. God is ready to, with his wrath, to destroy them. And Moses supplicates before God for the people. And through his intercession, God relents of his wrath. And the Lord is telling this little mustard seed that through the few that respond, the multitudes will be blessed. Mm 